Welcome to a Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. I'm Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Missoni and Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. We are here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We're glad that you have joined us today as we bring you stories of hope and inspiration. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Missoni from the Food Innovation Center. Sarah Missoni, we both have had jam-packed weeks this week. Yeah. So I know that we were both at the... um Fancy food, mercantile. Was it good food? Go oh, yes. I said the wrong thing. The good food mercantile. Yes, I, why I said that is because I saw you did something for the fancy food association. Oh, yes. We had our board of directors meeting here in Portland last yeah. week. So that was really cool. But um, prior to that, the beginning of last week in Salem, we had the Oregon Dairy Industries 111th annual conference. How was that? It was good. I uh, got to spend one day there and there was really good attendance. A couple hundred people were there enjoying lots of technical information about the dairy industry. It's always well attended. That's fun. How many of those conferences have you been to? Quite a few. I've been going to that conference since 1985. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're a regular, a regular dairy up. conference attendee. Just, what, two more years and there'll be like a lot? <laughs> decades, mm-hmm. decades of learning. Did you learn yeah. anything new at the dairy conference? I learned that I don't, I shouldn't get stressed out about stuff because it always turns out just fine. There you um, go. Zainab Adamer and I, uh, my friend here that's, uh, she has a PhD in dairy science. We put together a quick 20-minute talk about using alternative sweeteners in your dairy products. And so we had this little package that had a couple little cups in it, and we had little milk cartons at your spot at the table, and everyone had a packet of sugar and then a packet of an alternative sweetener, and they got to mix it into the milk and then taste it. Mm-hmm. And so it was a little interactive, and we um got some good reviews so we were happy fun yeah. well i i was listening to you talk about the build up to that and i know you were kind of like you know worried about it but i'm glad it turned out okay yeah it was fine <laughs> it was Perfect. fine good and um did you have a good time at the mercantile so the mercantile course is super special we had so many food innovations in our clients there it was great it was like old home week, getting to see everyone and see all their success and get to talk with them about their behind the scenes trials and tribulations. So, yeah. And you were there. 
Yeah, I was there. I um, went from the farmer's market uh, where I was doing a cooking demo and then had my stand and um, Dirk worked our sauce booth at the mercantile until I got there and then I finished up. So I, I always love that event. So I didn't want to miss it, even though I had other things going on, but um, I was there for the last couple of hours. So it was and nice I to loved see. where your booth was because behind you was this big <laughs> painting that said back to the future. It was perfect. Yes. And you were right next to our pal Lucinda. Mm-hmm. I always love being by Lucinda. We've done a lot of events together over the years. It's very nice. So you got to eat lots of quesadillas. You were super yep. lucky. You weren't yeah. starving. <laughs> and I saw Sasha, Savi Island Shrubs. She was all excited with her new product going to the co-packer. Miss Hannah was there with her popcorn. Mm-hmm. Ruby Jewel was there. OSU had a, Elsie had her products at our table. So we had all the Peakleys there. Oregon seaweed was there. Yeah, that was a great day. Yeah, it was super fun. I had a good time. It was nice to see everybody. We had lots of, a lot of our past guests were there. So it was really nice. I to... met Holly's mom and dad from Sabejo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I met... it... it was cool. They were That's here. fun. Were they yeah. visiting? Yeah, they were visiting. Yep. And then I went to Earth Day celebration celebration out at Rossi Farms in the Red Barn um, that was put on by PortlandFruit.org. Um, They're the nonprofit here in the city that harvests fruit from the trees that are on city property. That that's so cool. The director from the um, for the farmers market for the Portland Farmers Market actually started Portland Fruit Tree, and then just came yeah. over to the farmer's market. So yeah. I know of that organization. That's really cool. Did you have a good time? We did. They had lots of wine. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I didn't really drink any, but I brought my daughter and her good friend and they were pretty excited about that. Great. <laughs> it was funny. That's fun. And they had a jazz musician. It was a fun time. And all last week I was giving out good noodle stars. Um, and it was fun to have those at our board meeting because I would ask people, do you know what good noodle is? And they would all say, well, yes, that's from SpongeBob. Or they would say, no, I don't know what it is. And I would say, it's okay. You have one now, but if you misbehave, I'm taking it away. (laughs) (laughs) You had all the the power this weekend. (laughs) I did. It was great. Well, that's fun. It feels nice to be um, going to events again. It was nice to see you in person Mm -hmm. and um, see all of our food buddies. So it was was good time. Uh, We want to thank our sponsor for supporting Masonian Marshall. Thank you for helping us spread the word about women entrepreneurs. Let's hear a word from our sponsor, Market of Choice. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local entrepreneurs, so much so that we carry more than 7,000 locally made, raised, farmed, and harvested foods in our stores. Our passion is to help local makers, farmers, rancher, and fisher folk realize their potential through programs that help them succeed. Thank you, Market of Choice. We are joined in the studio today by Masa Darabi. She is the owner of Moody Persian and maker of Moody Chai, a caffeine-free, mood-boosting drink mix with adaptogens here in Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Masa. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah and Sarah. It's so good to have you here. And uh, we like to connect our listeners with you. So um, can you tell people how to find you on social media? 
Yes, you can. If you're really into just the chai content and some other fun things, follow me at Moody Chai. And if you're into all things wildlife with food and recipes and family and culture, you can follow me um, at the Moody Persian. Perfect. And we'll um, link you in our Instagram so people can um, connect from there. And um, we were just talking about the Good Food Mercantile, and I just found you on social media and followed you and saw that you were there. I didn't actually get to meet you, but we were in the same place at the same time. I know. And I'm now, you know, first, that was my first time. Hannah Kohlberg from the Pacific Northwest Group told me about it, and I'm so grateful. Because, I mean, it was like, you know, when you were a kid, you would love going to Costco because you got samples. Oh, <laughs> this was, I mean, I a lot of daughter, that was really one of the most wonderful food related experiences I think I've ever had. Yeah, it's it's such a fun event for people um, that haven't been before. I think they're really impressed by the selection of entrepreneurs and people. And so there's a lot of people from here in town that we know, but then people travel from all over. So, you know, I met people from Chicago and South Carolina. I met somebody from Hawaii that had never even been off the island. This was the first time they had won a Good Food Award and they came here. for the first time ever. So it's such a fun place to meet really nice people. Yes. And hearing the stories, I'm all about, you know, I think the product is one thing, but when you meet the person and the story behind it, I mean, that just, I think that seals the deal. Um, Yeah. uh, Stories are so important. They are. We're so glad that you got to go and sorry, uh, we didn't get to meet each other, but next time we're at an event together, let's connect. Okay. Speaking of stories, Masa, are you going to tell us your story today? Which one do you want to hear? (laughs) (laughs) We want to know how you started your your business um, selling your product and when. Um, So I started, well, the the very beginning story is, you know, I came here um, as an immigrant in the late 1980s. So I came straight from Iran to Lake Oswego, Oregon. Mm. That's the beginning of my story, Mm -hmm. which there's a reason, of course, I'm sharing that. Um, So my Iranian heritage is such a big part of who I am. For so many years of my life, I I don't want to say I was ashamed of it. I was made fun of, you know, for being Mm. Middle Eastern, for being a quote unquote, you know, the names were called terrorists or um, some of the things I don't even want to say out loud. Um, But it was this thing that I wasn't really proud of until, you know, I kind of found the secret ingredient really of getting people to be more understanding of my culture was through food. So I learned that at a really young age that food is the the bridge to bringing people together because everybody has to eat. Why not eat really delicious food together and share a story? So that was, I think, an essential part of how, you know, my business was created. Mm-hmm. Um, so right before, from ages 14 to 30, I mean, present, um, I started acting and I was in the, I did a lot of TV commercials and I modeled, which that in itself was such a wild experience because for so long, I kind of felt like this alien, you know, I was could have just felt like this like ugly weirdo with a unibrow and a big nose and I had this chia head 
Chira pet haircut, um, as it was referred to. So when I started modeling, it was just kind of like, wait, what? So these features are actually something that are to be celebrated. So that was a really cool, you know, part of my journey to kind of go through cool and difficult. Um, uh, but so that was kind of my life. I was on set all the time. But then when the world stopped kind of functioning as we knew it during 2019, I was left with kind of a clean slate. I couldn't be on set. I had just had my third daughter and I had two older daughters. They were um, seven and 10 at the time. And I was, you know, dealing with um, postpartum debilitating anxiety. And then you add kind of all the anxiety around what was going on with COVID. And we had the first case at my daughter's elementary school was that was, Oh, our- that's right. And like, oh. I'll never forget it. I mean, you guys, you might've, we didn't know what it was. We didn't know yeah. what it was. People are terrified. You know, my husband has had a lot of loss and illness in his family. So he's just thinking we're all going down. I'm mm-hmm. really, and I'm again, I'm a new mama. So I'm just trying to protect my family. It was a really challenging time for so many people. And I'll just say this right now. I was one of the lucky ones. We had shelter. We didn't have to worry about paying the bills. Mm-hmm. We had my family's close by. I mean, we really were one of the best case scenarios, but still I found myself in a really difficult place. So I started cooking like I wouldn't, I couldn't stop cooking. Mm-hmm. I was just, I mean, cause that's how my whole life I've, you know, connected with my roots, you know, back home, but also how I, the only time I can really concentrate Mm. focus is when I'm cooking. So I'm just in that kitchen. I have Mika, the baby in an ergo. I got my girls doing, I was like, screw online school. I mean, we tried it, but I didn't want them on zoom all day. I was having them do science and math and, you know, culinary arts in the kitchen with me. So we just started cooking and then we still, and I was like, you know what, this is, I'm, I'm such a person that loves to share. And I really love the camera and being on camera and because I, I think it's just a really fun way to connect with people. So I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll open an Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Just share these recipes. Why not? And then the Moody Persian, um, that name came about because about a year before in 2018, I wanted to write the stories of my family's um, kind of culinary experience. And I wanted to kind of write the recipes, but all the recipes were based on a mood I was in. And, you know, about the person that kind of ignited my desire to make that dish. So it kind of became about not just the dish, but the person and what that kind of brought into my home. So my friend, who was my writing partner, she's like, you're such a moody Persian. And mm-hmm. we both kind of looked at each other like the moody Persian. Mm-hmm. And you found your name. Right? And what I loved about it is that we mood is kind of a negative, you know, there's there's negativity around mood and I always love kind of like ruffling feathers and kind of going against the grain and be like no way don't look at there's there's so many layers to meanings right and I think moody is just there's I'm a very moody person but I'm in a good mood I can be in a bad mood I can be in a you know fun mood or in a chill mood so that's how the moody person started and really, it was just me sharing recipes. And then people, our community just began to build. And 
from there, this gentleman um, discovered me online and asked me if I would teach his this company um, online cooking classes. He said, oh. look, I'm trying to bring people together. Have you ever done this? I was like, no, I haven't taught a cooking class on Zoom, but I have been on camera for over 18 years. So I'm really mm-hmm. comfortable doing that. I'm actually more comfortable on the camera than with normal people sometimes. So <laughs> I just, you know, as we do that immigrant grit as women, we just kind of wing it and figure it out. So I did one and then that company told another company. And then uh, before you knew it, I started um, going around all these, you know, in these virtual meeting rooms and I would help people kind of break bread and norms simultaneously. So they would get the recipe beforehand and it was something simple. I'm not trying to make like Orma Sabzi, you know, this complicated Persian dish with people. Mm. People had enough things on their plate and some people didn't have enough things on their plate, right? So mm-hmm. I wanted it to be something like it was bread and it was essentially a charcuterie plate, but with the elements that I grew up with, herbs encouraging Mm -hmm. people to have vegetables and really make do with what they have. So it didn't really become just about the food, but it was like, how can you make do with what you have and bring people together, whether they're in your home for like a meal at least once a day, but also how can you just come back home to yourself by just getting in the kitchen and, you know, using your your taste buds. And for some people, they didn't have taste buds at the time. So mm. we talked about those frustrations, you know, but anyhow, um, that's kind of where it all began. And then during that same time as an Iranian, you know, tea is such a big part of our culture. I mean, it's a ritual we've been practicing for over 3000 years, but what we've been drinking is black tea. And my mom, I mean, you guys, when I say she drinks it in a growler size, like, she drinks and why not a tea every day? And then she's like, I didn't sleep. I'm like, well, mom, you know, should yeah. <laughs> um, but I that it was such an important ritual for me. And I'd wake up drinking tea in the middle of the day, I'm drinking tea, and between the middle of the day and the evening, I'm drinking tea. But what was happening at the time was it was putting my anxiety over the top. I mean, I too my, much caffeine. It was way too much caffeine. My the jitters and dry mouth and feeling unsettled. So I was like, okay, I need it. I started looking for a decaf blend that not chamomile though, right? I've had I love tea. I've had all the varieties, but I wanted something that tastes like home. So I wanted the spices. But I also wanted that, like the color, because our tea, the color is so important. Um, so it had to be something where I poured it in a clear glass cup, as we do traditionally. The color had to be beautiful. Mm. And I also wanted something that really helped calm my immune, you know, nervous system. So I kind of looked everywhere and I found some different teas. Um, locally, Soul Chai is one of my favorite teas. Um, they did a beautiful job. Um, so I would bring that home, but then I would start adding kind of like ashwagandha and some maca and some chaga. But then I'm like, oh, wait, it needs a little more of this, a little more of that. And my husband was like, why don't you just make your own tea blend? You make everything. You're in this kitchen like a mad woman day and night. Why don't you make your own tea? Like, we'll try it together. And we would go on these night walks at the time. It's the only time we had alone. 
and we'd go kind of walk at night because we put the camera on the baby and, you know, have it on our phones and go around the block. And we'd try this blend together. And a year later, we kind of, it's so cheesy, but I kind of call it our love blend. I mean, it really <laughs> brought us together during a really difficult time. And then I just started sharing it with my family and my mom, who I never thought would like it because she's so traditional. She drinks it like three cups in a row. And so then when, when my mom was asking me about the recipe, I knew I was onto something. And then she told my aunt, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> and so like it started kind of spreading just with my family and friends. I, you know, when people started coming over, that's how I would greet them. I'd give them some chai. And then I started serving it at my events. And after about a year and a half of people asking, where can I get more? Or can you share the recipe? And I couldn't share the recipe. It's 12 ingredients. Yeah. And the, the, I mean, it's a complicated recipe. So I was like, well, anyway, so one day I, someone's like, would you ever consider selling this? And at first I was like offended. <laughs> it was like such a personal thing to me. And I was like, what, how would I charge people for this thing that culturally we're always, we're such a hospitable culture. It just felt like it was the wrong thing to do. But then mm. the same person said, what if it meant you could get it to as many people as possible and nourish people <laughs> with this kind of nourishment? And that helped me kind of take the leap. And just three months ago, I put it on my website and just got some labels, printed them myself. You know, I'm still doing that and put them on some bags. And I, it, it sold quite fast and I couldn't keep up with the chai and we're still trying to keep up and get our operations going, but that's how Moody Chai was born. So nice. Oh. You know, when you have something <laughs> and people are asking you where you can buy it, that it's mm -hmm. time to see about yeah, putting it in a package. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I love hearing where you started and came from. I didn't know any of those things, of course, since we haven't chatted before. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to um, talk more about your products and your family and your story. So we'll be right back. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Okay, so now that we know that your mom likes your chai, can you tell us a couple of tips and tricks about how you came up with your recipe and, you know, what are some of the things that make it unique? Uh, yes, I would say above and beyond all things, my comfort level with using spices, which really came from my mom, is I think the thing that really sets this chai apart. I'm not afraid to be bold with spices. I also found she really taught me how to balance that as well. You know, Iranian food is not spicy. It's just layers of spices, but I also love spicy food. So I borrowed some of those um, traditions from, you know, kind of right along the Silk Road from the way it's done in India. Yeah. And some of the elements of Ayurvedic medicine that, you know, 
that's where kind of the ashwagandha comes in and um, maca root. But really, uh, you can find chais out there that have adaptogens in them. What they lack is that depth where it really kind of stops you. I want people to just be like, whoa, and really like ground them for a moment. Like, what is this that I'm tasting? And I want to sit for a moment and really take this in. This feels special. Right. I want people to travel for a minute to places that maybe they've never been or a place they wish to go back to. Um, so I think it's the spices and the use of just not holding back and trusting myself and always adding a little more than I think should be in there and finding that right balance. But that was hard. That was really hard. So a lot of folks that we talk to when they have stuff that they're using traditional spices are bringing them from um importing them to the u.s are you bringing your spices from iran unfortunately right now uh, with the way things are back home um that is not a possibility okay we used to have people go back and forth all the time and you know we would get like my saffron is always from iran and some things that we get but right now especially in the amounts that i need it that is not really an option for me. Um, I think the closest thing is we're talking about um, going to Turkey. Oh. Um, they're our neighbor. They're one of the only countries, if not the only country, if I'm not mistaken, that allows Iranians in. Mm. Uh, so that I want to go home. I can't go home. It's dangerous for me to go home. But I want to go to the closest the closest place, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry. It's okay. I, I really love hearing about your story and, um, you know, I feel like you have created just like looking at your blog and and the things that you're writing about. I mean, I think you've created something that, um, you know, is creating a better life for your daughters where you're where you weren't when you were their age you couldn't share the things or didn't share the things about your life and now you're doing it and now they know that they can do it and so i just think it's this really beautiful thing that you're doing for your family yeah, that's so cool yeah I, yeah i do everything for those girls i it's this is hard i didn't know what i got myself into i mean i'm in a startup alone Mm-hmm. And some days are really, really hard because I'm learning things I've never learned. I did not go yeah. to medical school. I went, I majored in speech communication, but everything from, you know, COGS and S, you know, PNLs and all those things I'm learning, I'm doing everything. Mm-hmm. I'm asking for support now because it's impossible to do it alone. Mm-hmm. But I want my girls to know, to be really proud of where they come from. Mm-hmm. Because our world needs that so bad. So yeah, well, I think you're doing it. You're doing a great job, and you're and you are able to share this part of you and your family with so many people, which is just you know, it's every great. Cup. It's wonderful. Yeah, every cup that they drink, they'll know a little bit about your story and your journey and your life and your history. And no, that's have, really lovely. We have yeah. a lot of people that are just starting, just like you are, and mm-hmm. they want to know. All right, what size batch do you make? Do you just have like a big bowl in your kitchen and you're just putting it, weighing everything and whisking it up? Or are you, have you gotten a little bigger than that? Um, I've got a little, it started that way. And then one, I got kicked out of my kitchen. My husband was like, oh, 
<laughs> we have white. He's a very clean. Uh, oh, he's he's like. I think every maybe wife's dream. He likes to clean everything all the time. <laughs> I, on the other hand, like a little more creativity around me. And I, when I tell you this rooibos, because I grind it myself. Okay. I don't know if you ever tried it's to grind. Messy. Oh, oh, it, <laughs> I, it. This is this might be too much information, but one day, not only was it in my dad's nose, and because he was helping me with the new machinery. I went to take a shower. And when I took all my clothes off, I was like, there's chai powder in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere. It gets- <laughs> um, so I got a room down. Well, we're doing two things. What? So what's happening right now is I make about a, let's see. So we can make about 63 ounce bags at a time. It's like over 300 ounces. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, my math is so bad. But anyhow, we're no, we're making it in big. We have to make it in bulk now. But still, I'm like every week. I mean, we're like just playing catch up, right? My Almost twenty pounds at a time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But That's even that, it's um, it's not quite. It's not a seamless process. Our biggest challenge has been with the rooibos, is grinding it and finding the right machinery to get it to the consistency that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're getting closer, but I think what I really, in a perfect world, we get to a place where we can get into a commercial kitchen. Mm-hmm. Honestly, even that's hard to find. It's It's been a challenge to find a kitchen that has the machinery that we're looking for. And this red dust will get everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's another challenge, but I'm looking into... Um, another option where I'm able to source the red rooibos like from the source, South Africa. It's beautiful product. Um, Mm. I don't even have to go through the grinding process and that might. So do you use anything with oil, any oils in your product? No, no, No. I don't. And by the way, to go back to your question too, no oils and everything I source is from mountain rose herbs. Oh, there you go. I personally love them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're out in Eugene and I love going to the shop and, um, but there's also this company that I just got introduced to diaspora spices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just smelled their ginger the other day and I was like, Whoa. So I'm just, I think it's an evolving, right. If I'm just, I'm learning every day and the closer I get to the source for the spices, I think the happier my heart's going to be, but I think that's going to be a process that is going to take some time and I'm learning to be patient. So to help with the grinding, sometimes people plate just a teeny, weeny, weeny, weeny bit of oil onto the spice or the tea so that it doesn't make the dust. So what you could do is put the tea in a um, mixing bowl and then just put like two or three drops of olive oil or something on it. And then just spin it in that mixer for a while and it'll coat on there. And then when you grind it, it won't be so airborne. You might just try a little batch and see. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that might help. I'm absolutely, you would not believe what we've been trying, but the best part, (laughs) it's brought my dad. My dad was an engineer in Iran. Uh-huh. came to the u.s as you know many successful immigrants. i believe yeah to leave 
he had to leave. And when he's here, that mm-hmm. means nothing. You know, he could barely get a job, you know, as a taxi driver or a cashier. Like he, it, that was such a big part of his identity that has had its own, and that's a, for another podcast. But yeah. the coolest thing with this chai business is that he's doing all the mechanical engineering so amazing so i think this is something will be on shark tank you know he's just (laughs) so proud i love that yeah he's gonna figure it out and i'm loving it it's frustrating some days but i just know if my dad's involved and if he believes in it and i have his beautiful brain involved we're gonna be i think we're gonna get there and the oil i'm gonna try the oil yeah just a couple drops you don't need much i love that your parents are involved and Mm -hmm. and proud of you and your business because we have had some people on the show you know when i always like to ask like is your mom so proud of you or whatever because that's you know my mom is really proud of me and my business and so i love that feeling and i want everyone else to feel that and you know, there's a lot of people whose parents aren't aren't when they start a food business or they're like, I want you they're to be like, a doctor do or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. That was remember Sarah when we had um I can't I can't remember our guest. It's who was Lisa like, no. Tran. Yes, Lisa. Tan, she's like, Tan. No, my parents want me to be a doctor. I hate this yeah. business, you know. Lisa, she was like, My parents wanted me yeah. to be a doctor. And yeah. she from the very beginning was like, I don't know if my mom's gonna like this. Yeah. And then she come in two weeks later and she goes, My mom liked it yeah and so i love that your parents are part of your business they love your product Mm. they're there with you it's just so beautiful it's a beautiful another beautiful piece of your story which is really Mm -hmm. nice thank you i agree so you were at the good food of mercantile did you have a table or were you just walking the show No, i was walking and i was actually kind of shocked by the lack of chai presence the only chai that was there which is a beautiful chai don't is it dona or donna it's d-o-n-a probably they're out of new york i believe yeah you look them up they first of all they're they have really beautiful packaging but they're um i had heard about their chai concentrate mm. how i was i'm really excited to be hopefully a vendor next year because i so badly wanted to share, I, like I wanted to walk around with a hot drink. It was, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I mean, we all we know what the weather has been like in Oregon. <laughs> um, but I don't. I'm not a coffee drinker, and like I wanted to be like, there's another option. Wine, <laughs> you know, there's more than just wine and coffee. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm really excited to be a vendor next year, and. Um, well, and I think being a food producer and making a product and and seeing that there aren't a lot of things at that show is a really good position to be yeah, in because it, it means the that niche. there's a need for you. Yeah. you know, if if yeah. you walk mm-hmm. around and you see tons of your same kind of products there, then it's a little bit harder to um, you know fill that that need is already being filled. So it's good that you didn't see a lot of people there because it means yeah. next year that when you're yeah. there, you can offer people your warm chai to drink. And I mean, who knows? Maybe next year it'll be warm. We've done that event where it's like 100 degrees in that building because there's no air conditioning. And we've also done it where it's rainy and cold. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. Our boots will be side by side. Yeah. I mean, I think different foods have life cycles too. So in the... 90s there was a chai here in Oregon called Oregon chai have you heard of Oregon chai yes I have so that chai actually started at a local dairy at Sunshine Dairy my husband worked there and he came home and he's like 
Sarah, you won't believe what there's these ladies. They're making this stuff called chai. They open up the tea bags and they put them into pantyhose. And then we put them into the, <laughs> into the tank. And then, you know, they add the milk and then we put it in cartons for them. That's how that started. And then that product eventually sold to Carrie, Carrie Food Ingredients, which is one of the largest food companies in the world. Their headquarters, I believe, are in Ireland. And I that see. product's still a food service item today. Oh, it's everywhere. It's in so yeah. many. I, and I'll tell you, first of all, now I'm so glad you shared the story about the pantyhose because that <laughs> makes me have some love for Oregon Chow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it started whole, small. Yeah. Did, and, you know, I, I, I would, I'll tell you this. I would have loved to taste it. Original Back then, product. yeah. It's good. Yeah. I can guarantee you because now it's bad. It, I've it's, never haven't it's, tasted it's it recently. It's sugar water. It's sugary. Yeah. It's super sugary. So, I mean, yeah. it's one of those things that you could eat. Like I know the product from yeah. or, from having it, you know, years and years ago. But yeah. and I have had it out because I'll be like, oh yeah, we're gonna try it, and then I'll like get it. And I'll be like, oh, like, this dang, is not the same thing. There was another chai company here called Firefly Chai. I'm not yes. sure if they're still. You know, I've heard of, didn't they change? No, no, no. That's oh, not. And true. then there, I think there's a chai in Bend, Oregon. They do a concentrate. Yeah, so, I think they're, I think they're all a um, few little ones. form, but yeah. I think yours is the first one I've seen that's powder. So it's like, yeah. you know, well, I think there's a need for it for sure. It's yeah. The first one that's powdered with adaptogens because mm-hmm. there's blue lotus chai that is delicious. Um, Blue Lotus has a turmeric blend that I really like, and that's powdered with, um, but it's black tea. Mine's the only one on the market that's caffeine-free with adaptogens and the spices involved. Nice. That part, there's nothing. And honestly, because I'm like, even when I say that about Oregon chai, like that's hard for me because I know how hard it is to get a product. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm learning how hard it is. Um, and I'm a lover of chai, but sometimes I think we make products to appease the American audience. Mm-hmm. And we don't give the American audience enough credit. Yeah. People yeah. want more than just sugar. I'm telling you, yeah. you know sugar, that. Is, sugar is not really cool right now. And also like even Starbucks, you know, you go and have that latte and that the hard part is because when people first have my chai, like I've done a few events, they're first taken a bet. They're like, wait. So this is chai because it's not overly, well, I don't sweeten it at all. I really encourage people to do it to their liking because some people don't even want any sweetener, mm-hmm. but they're not used to, right? The layers that are yeah. sweet. Well, and rooibos kind of has a sweetness to it. It's kind of like sweet as honey kind of sweet. Well, we used to be able to, when we did these recordings in studio, we would taste your product and we would kind of describe oh, it to our listeners. But yeah. since we can't do that, let's have you describe what people will experience when Good they idea. sip your chai. Very oh. creative. Mm-hmm. I Okay, the thing I hear the most, it sounds really cliche, but it's probably my favorite thing to hear because that is my ultimate goal is the thing I hear um, that's often shared with me is I just felt like I <laughs> I just felt like I was cared for in a cup. Um, Recently, somebody said it's the, you know, the perfect balance of heat and um, flavor. And what is the word she used? Kind of like the umami. 
She said, mm-hmm. if the chai could have an umami effect, this is it. Like it's that perfect balance of earthy and, you know, a little spicy and, um, but just this body, but really, I mean, those are the the notes, right? But the feeling of it is very warming because the ginger and the, the cayenne activates all the, the adaptogens and the spices, but the ginger, it's just the right amount to kind of like, you know, travel down your throat and into your belly and it really warms your body mm-hmm. and just it, it's, it makes you feel good. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ways that it's been described, but mostly it's kind of like that. God, I, my body feels so good. Mm-hmm. This really calmed me down. Um, it's a lot of feeling and um, few people in the beginning, especially um, new users were like, okay, it was a little too spicy for me, but I couldn't stop drinking it. Mm. So I just started playing with like, I put less than what you suggested And what I love about that is my whole motto to people is trust yourself in the kitchen. Don't just go buy recipes. We don't know your palate. Get to know your palate. You want more salt than I do. You might want less salt or more pepper. Taste things and try it. And, you know, you are really the only you. I can't. So I really wanted to make something that can be adjusted. Right. Um, but also I'm not for everybody. And I've learned that in my personal life and that's okay. It's not for everybody. <laughs> right. Well, if, um, people want to buy your product, we like to encourage them to buy from you directly. So how would they, um, buy from you? Uh, they go to moodychai.com and they'll take you to my store. Um, and that's the best way to purchase it. Um, if you want to try a cup and you guys are the first to know about this, I haven't even shared this publicly, but my favorite coffee, um, coffee shop that I raised my girls in essentially in our old neighborhood is going to start, uh, selling my chai, not just the packages, but it's oh. going on their menu, Jola cafe in, um, Portland. They're in the John's landing neighborhood. Um, nice. and if you go to Brighton Bush hot Springs, they were the very first people, to um there it's one of my favorite places in the whole world and they um sell my chai in their little tea shop and if you want to try it those Mm -hmm. are the places but if you want to you know buy some yeah go on the website and we have offered three different sizes now so (laughs) sample size you just you know you want to give it a try it's 20 bucks 1.5 ounces you get 15 servings if you want a little more, you can get the three ounces, which is 30 servings. And if you're one of the, you know, clients that keep, keeps coming back, you, those are the, um, the six ounces for you. You get 55 servings. Um, yeah, there's something for everybody. We want to encourage people to try something, but not also feel like, ah, this is a lot. I'm not ready to. So that's why we just came out with the, the itsy bitsy size. That's very thoughtful. Well, un- unfortunately, ladies, we have to end it. I hate this part. I have to cut us off, but um, it was so great to hear your story. Everybody knows where to get your product from and how to connect with you online. So I'm so glad that you had time to join us today and you could help to tell your tale. And thank you for chatting with us today. Thank you for giving me the space and asking. I yeah. think that people like you are essential. I don't, we don't leave anything tangible or important behind besides our story. Yeah. 
everything yeah. else kind of disappears, but our stories matter. So I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Thanks, it's, Masa. It's lovely to meet you. Yes. I, I'll send you some chai. <laughs> yes, and meet addresses. <laughs> We record Masoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you would like to be a guest on the show, you can DM us on our Instagram, Masoni and Marshall, and we will be back next week. Thanks for joining, everybody. Bye. Bye for now. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.